and by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is The Good News Show. And good afternoon. You are listening to The Good News Show on KTH 910 AM. Our uh, usual host, Dave Palmer, is on a much-deserved vacation and um, in Florida, actually, right now. So he's hopefully enjoying some sun, although I believe there are some storms going on. So hopefully that'll clear up for him. Um, But I'm Cecil Anderson. I'm the North Texas assistant of the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I am joined by Diane Xavier, who is running the board for us today. So hi, Diane. Hey, Cecil. And good afternoon to our listeners in North Texas. Glad you can join us today on the Good News Show. And we also have a special guest in the studio, a super volunteer. (laughs) Yes, we do. She's cracking up because she just had a headphone malfunction but it's all good now (laughs) yes i had a malfunction over here sitting in the guest chair which you know i should feel a little bit more comfortable and more at ease but that (laughs) literally as as we went live i was like well i just don't think i'll be on air at all even though i'm sitting here thank you Cecil. if you're a frequent listener uh to our radio station then you recognize the voice to be the one and only rowena ignacio (laughs) the one and only there should (laughs) only be and she brought some really special friends with her but they're doing their homework they're doing they're they're hanging out her so quote-unquote homework <laughs> activity books yeah we've got little people with us today which always princess. makes the office more exciting Yay. i think personally um so we have a pretty awesome show lined up for you today we have a pre-recorded interview for the second half of the show that dave and i did last week um with two of the brand shiny new uh, priests um from the diocese of dallas uh father adam and father desmond uh who both have very different vocation stories some really funny stories and i think you will really enjoy that interview that we'll play on the second half of the show uh, father adam is from poland and father desmond is from cameroon so very international yeah very international great (laughs) accents going on and honestly father desmond has a pretty hysterical first confession story his first confession not a first confession he heard (laughs) but we know let's let's get that straight we are on live category yeah absolutely so you should enjoy that uh, interview um and just always remember to pray for our priests they the six uh priests were ordained on june six so we'll talk a little bit about that um and we also in the first half of the show rowena is here to talk with us about staying catholic throughout the summer especially with families or we're in ordinary times a lot of different things going on but before all that diane we cannot forget to mention the summer speaker series (laughs) yes and father john ricardo is making a rare appearance he usually doesn't travel around the country a lot very to busy. do talks, even though he's very popular. And, you know, I put the talks together, which people hear, and I just, like, go on the website and pick which topics I think are interesting. And when I listen into the topics, I get so hooked. Mm. You know, the, this past Friday, we had one on fatherhood because it was Father's Day. It was. This past Sunday. And happy Father's Day to all fathers out there. Belated <laughs> happy Father's Day. Thank you for remembering that. Yes. And, you know, it's just amazing. He has a way of connecting with the audience and is a very gifted preacher 
And you can learn so much from him. He knows like how to connect to me with day to day life issues mm. and struggles that everybody goes through. And, you know, it's this is a rare opportunity. So get your tickets. They're on sale now. They are. You go to summerspeakerseries.com. He will be here August 5th. That's a Thursday in the evening. We're going to be in the grand ballroom of the Irving Convention Center. Uh, so buy your tickets. They are going quickly. And I know we're in that time of summer where you're making all your plans. And I know if I don't do something right now, I'm going to forget. <laughs> so <laughs> Speaking of forget, I'm definitely a forgetful mom. Um, That's a real thing. So, Cecil, are, do you think tickets are going to sell out? Do you well, think we need to buy them it, in the next week? You probably to- should buy them pretty soon because we wow. have we, you know the last year has been pretty unpredictable with a thing so we're hoping to have a very large crowd to welcome father john ricardo we do have people coming from across texas we have some people coming even from new jersey we've had people come from out of state so he's very popular and we definitely want to give him a warm texas welcome so buy your tickets at summerspeakerseries.com and uh i think dave was saying he was listening to one of his talks while he was out driving uh running some errands during one of our work days and father ricardo was talking about the importance of adoration and going to adoration dave's like well i'm going to be a few minutes before I, it's going to be a while before i come back i'm going to adoration because father john ricardo convinced me so uh yes father john For ricardo sure. is i don't know how many people i just talked to and they say my favorite person or, or the reason why i started listening to catholic radio is because of father john ricardo so and even you- toya holler vice president for the guadalupe radio network you know she travels around all the markets and everybody keeps asking her when are you gonna bring father john ricardo in that's her like biggest request and finally he's here Absolutely. We're very, very excited. It took a little bit, it was a couple years that we took to have to book him in advance. A couple of years to book him? Yes. So it's very, very exciting. So uh, Thursday, August 5th at the uh, Irving Convention Center in the Grand Ballroom on the fourth floor. Very beautiful venue. Um, We're going to have wine and hors d'oeuvres and a parking is free. Yeah, parking. (laughs) Parking is free. And uh, if you're some people coming out of town are going to be staying at the local hotel. So it'll just be a really lovely evening with a keynote by Father John Ricardo. He is uh, he's one of those speakers who likes to let the Holy Spirit move him on as he gets closer. So it's going to be a Great topic. Uh, I'm sure he's, he's kind of mentioned something along the lines of like mission impossible about like oh. mission possible with like the, you know, like re-evangelizing. The the right yeah, exactly. <laughs> re-evangelizing like kind of the church. Um, so I'm sure like Diane said, he, every topic he speaks about, he seems to be able to connect with people. So great speaker. So make sure buy those tickets. We'll be very excited if we see a ticket come sale come through as we're on the air. So summerspeakerseries.com. Yes. And I want to make one other note, you know, Fall is usually the kickoff of a lot of things, especially school. You know, a lot of people consider it the kickoff to their year. Mm-hmm. Well, what better way than to listen to Father John Ricardo right before the fall season begins, especially for your family, if you're a student, if, if you have children, or if you're homeschooling. What a great way to get started. I agree, Diane. That's a great point. This is the first time our Summer Speaker Series has been in August and not July. That's because it was so hard to get Father John Ricardo. It's in August. So very, very exciting. So make sure you get your tickets. um, uh, And I'm looking forward to that really exciting evening. Okay, for the first half of the segment of today's show, we're going to be talking about something I've been thinking about uh, is that we're in summer. Um, most people are still following a school calendar to an extent, whether you have kids or whether you're in school yourself. Um, you're kind of following that yearly calendar where this is the time of break and a lot of church activities are on break as well. A lot of, um, you know, your RE classes take a break and things like that. And I was thinking, hmm, this is a really 
easy time to kind of fall off the tracks of like what your daily prayers. It's just think your schedule is different often. Um, my schedule stays the same, but my both my siblings' schedule is different. So even then, it gets a little bit confusing. And I thought, well, Rowena has some kids, and so I think she understands this. <laughs> They're now at home all the time and trying to <laughs> and trying to keep them and their faith engaged. And also, we're in ordinary time. We're kind of in the thick of ordinary time. And sometimes some people are like, oh, ordinary ordinary time can be a little bit harder to get into. There's not one particular um part of our faith that we're focusing on and so it, i think it's easy for people to make their faith become like dry and so i thought let's talk about some things and i i did some research this is not a uh, unique sicil idea that this is a common mistake this was a one quick google search and yes a lot of people think about this throughout the summer so i would just ask first off to both diane and rowena um what are some of the things that you might struggle with throughout the summer or what are some things that you might do in the summer well, that's a great question. I mean, Diane, I leaned into my mic and I can't see you. So oh, I'm just, I'm, hi there. Okay, hello. I, I, I'm just going to start running my mouth, I guess. <laughs> well, um, so can I speak like personally and sure, then from absolutely. a mom's perspective absolutely. as well? So, um, you know, during the school year, um, my kids, all, all three boy, all three of my boys attend a Catholic private school here in the area. And we come from a really solid um group of like well-formed Catholic parents. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, let's just say, I mean, of the majority of our school, I would say are strong, devout, practicing Catholics. And some of us moms, instead of like meet during the school year, instead of us meeting up um, for like a coffee mm -hmm. or like to have lunch while the kids are in school, we started this weekly rosary prayer meetup. Mm. So we'll meet for coffee, but before we have the coffee, we say an entire rosary together and we like lift up each other's, you know, innermost intentions and become very vulnerable because we're we're all together in this like group very intimate group prayer setting. But that was something that we had every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. during the school year. And I'm I'm thinking I, I, I don't have that or mm. access to that right now. And I do feel a little bit like out of practice. I have not been very intentional about uh, my rosary. Um, and I, I mean, this is not to like go on and on about that, but, um, those moms, we, whatever we can do to try to stay connected for those of us who are in town, we, we try to have those like weekly, um, we'll, we'll shoot out ideas. Let's, let's get together at someone's house to have mm. this rosary and somebody bring, you know, everybody bring a little breakfast pastry or, or something. There's something to be said about, um, moms who come together in faith to, to fellowship, but more intentionally rely on the strength of the rosary to pray for our kids to pray for our world to pray for you know help us to continue to defend our faith in our vocation of motherhood um i i don't know how to say uh, or how to impress upon how important daily rosary is but how much more powerful and impactful it is when you do it with a group mm -hmm. so that's something that just off the top of my head for like me personally what about Absolutely. you diane well me i know i get very bored in the summer compared to rest of the times of the year just because First of all, you know, I don't really go out. I'm kind of a loner. I like being alone and just you're hanging out at the house. And I really don't go out too much, do social events and stuff, unless it's like a Catholic event. So I get bored during the summer. And I'm, you know, as you all know, I'm a huge sports fan. And in sports, you know, it's, things are a lot slower. It's kind of quiet. It's kind of quiet. Yeah. I mean, even though I do watch some, but it gets kind of boring. So I figured, you know, I need to, I've started reading more spiritual books and oh, i think that's really that's helped idea. yeah and i think just meditating on scripture mm. is really important but now yeah. i will admit that i have not really you know finished a novena mm. 
Really? So, you mean like the nine days from start to finish? You've yeah, never start to finish. Thing? I have not. So it's, that's, it's easy to get distracted. It's yes. so, it's so easy. To get easy. Distracted. Especially when your mind is not concentrated. And mm-hmm. especially in this age we're in with the social media age and all the distractions and technology. I know. It's gotten mm-hmm. worse and worse. So it's like your mind is like in going in a thousand different directions. Right. So that's another goal of mine is just to do a novena, prayer like from rosary. Start to finish. Yeah, from start to finish and just... You know, give my spend more time in um, quietness and silence with the Lord. Mm. I love that. Can I offer a tip? Sure, absolutely. Because you're talking about technology and the you know the accessibility of distractions and Mm -hmm. keeping us from finishing just that nine day you know spiritual practice. So, um, uh, a a priest friend of mine um, who happens to be uh, he was just reassigned and he has to go back to his home parish in Canada. He um, for those of us who are like mourning the loss of his reassignment, <laughs> he said, you know, a way that we can all band together spiritually during these summer months as he's getting ready to go back to Canada. He said, um, let's all together pray the litany of trust prayer. Yes, it's beautiful. It's not a novena, but my point is it's hard. It is very beautiful. It's hard to keep a, a daily prayer. You know, of course, it's hard to do a rosary, mm-hmm. but um, to even just say one prayer every day. Mm-hmm. So with the use of, you know, the convenience of, convenience of my smartphone, I like to set an alarm every day at 3 p.m., kind of like the Divine Mercy yes. tablet. Every day at 3 p.m., I have a, a little alarm on my phone that says to remind me to stop, drop, and pray the litany of trust, <laughs> along with these other prayer warriors who are doing the same thing. And it's kept me pretty consistent. I don't know if that's something you want to do, Diane. Oh, definitely. I can use all the tips to (laughs) (laughs) To say your novena. (laughs) I understand. I I just, as soon as Diane brought up that, I do remember that there's a novena that I did not finish. And uh, that's definitely an issue I have is some, because my schedule in the evenings and the mornings tend to be very a little bit uh, before and after work. So it's sometimes hard to pin down that time, staple the time of prayer. Um, But I I will say as a success story, I did the consecration to St. Joseph, you know, all 33 days. Yes. I did it, and um, as I start, when I started, I was like, "Oh gosh, I am going to miss days. I'm going to have to catch up." You know, just preparing myself beforehand, like this is not going to probably end well. I did it with the Young Catholic Professionals uh, group because we did it, started it the day after the conference, and went all the way to the Feast of Corpus Christi. Um, and I do believe that Saint Joseph was doing some extra prayer time for me because I managed to get through all 33 days without missing a day, what? even when I got. Even when I, I don't know, I just felt like more inspired because I came wow. home a couple times, like from at being at church and hanging out with friends afterwards, decently late, it's 12.30, 1 a.m. And I just want to crawl into bed and go to bed. Sure. And suddenly I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> I've got to do the consecration. Right. Like you've forgotten something, right? I like had forgotten and I sat right. up and would do it. Wow. And I normally would have been like, no. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Sorry, Jesus. <laughs> today. I'm tired. Right. But, I'll um, do it tomorrow. So, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a struggle. But I definitely felt some extra prayer support from uh, St. Joseph. Oh, wow. <laughs> Cecil, I am so proud of you. Yeah. That is impressive because that's a long stretch. It is a long I've stretch. I've never committed to that. Yeah, ever. it's it's hard. It's hard. But it did inspire me to do other ones. You know, there's 33 days to morning glory and something like that over the summer when you are maybe feeling spiritually, you know, dry or fatigued. Uh, something like that could be so- something very helpful to rejuvenate. And the St. Joseph consecration, uh, and I think most of these consecrations are pretty short readings. They're not, it's not extensive. It's not like 20 pages of reading. Um, 
So definitely something to consider. Just a reminder that this is the Good News Show on Monday, June twenty first. I can't believe we're already that far into oh June. That's goodness. you know in a few Isn't days. Isn't it the official day of summer? Oh yeah, it did is. it happen today or yesterday? Yeah, or, uh, is, is it somewhere tomorrow? around? It's like June twenty second. It's around oh. this time. We're what is it called? The summer solstice. Yes, is that right? and we're. I have no idea. <laughs> I could have just made that. All up. I know is it's hot. It is hot. <laughs> it's hot. It's humid today it's too. Oh, it's so muggy. That's and always gross. that's always disappointing. Yes. <laughs> but we're talking about how to keep your faith alive throughout the summer months when it's hot, you're sweaty, you don't want to, don't want to pray, uh, or you're just running out of ideas of things to do with your kids. Um, we're talking about a few. Another thing, if you have your own thoughts, by the way, if you want to add in, uh, call us in at 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. We'd appreciate the sharing of the wealth of information or any tips that you might have had. Do you uh, recommend like, wake, like when you first get out of, not when you first get out of bed, but like praying in the morning like a novena or prayer mm. to get your day started i think it's i yes and no it depends on i think it has to work based on your schedule so for instance me i work out in the morning and it's a struggle just to get me out of bed to work out my sister has to poke me many times so praying first thing in the morning i tried for a while but now that i'm working out in the morning just doesn't work so i'm more of an evening prayer these days or a pray a little bit on my way to work in the car Kind of thing. What about you, can, Rowena? Can I add a little, a little yeah. insightful tidbit there? That's great that you have this discipline of working out in the morning. So when <laughs> I, I have was, a sister who has a discipline of working out in the hey, morning, hey, <laughs> however you get influenced, that that is a great thing. Um, so when I was strong in my daily rosary practice. Mm-hmm. You know, there were times where I was completely by myself, not with a group praying the rosary, and I would go on like a 20 minute walk. Well, mm, instead that's of like, a good one. instead of listening to, yeah, I'd be on a walk, fresh air, it's wonderful. Instead of listening to whatever my favorite workout jams were, I would pray the rosary mm. on my walk. And it's like, it's a way to like activate your, your, of course, like your, your spiritual self, but also, you know, tie it to your physical, like the yeah, sacrifice that you That's beautiful. I, I, I don't know if I could inspire you. Um, try to do that. So, yes. If you're, whether you do like cardio or, so, I mean, if you're doing a class, that's different because yeah. you hear you, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of other distractions. But if you're like on a machine, some kind of cardio machine, you could easily say even just a decade of the rosary. No, absolutely. And I will say, I feel like I probably do some prayer in the morning when I'm holding a plank <laughs> and just asking Jesus well, for the strength. <laughs> asking for the strength and tie your sacrifice exactly, to the cross. Exactly. No, right? I definitely occasionally I'm like, okay, who can Planks I pray for? Hard. Who can I pray for? <laughs> I'm in a lot of pain. So Diane, I guess you could, it would be like, if that's something you think you can do, if you're more of a morning person, absolutely. Or go on a walk. I have wanted to go on a walk with my rosary because also I like the idea of being a public witness and walking around with your rosary man i say my i say my hail mary's out loud <laughs> oh and even I hope, better I hope it, like catches somebody off guard yeah they're like what is what she doing she's talking to herself <laughs> <laughs> and repeating the same things over and over again absolutely another thing in summer a lot of us uh, will take summer vacation so i feel like we're slightly out of practice with the last year and everything but a summer vacation and if nothing else that definitely throws your whole week out of whack For it's sure. a great fun but how do we keep our uh, vacations holy, I guess you could say? What are some things that you all... I have some things I know that like my family has done, but maybe in the planning or um, going around or just like when you're on vacation, things you can do. I actually... It's really funny because I know a lot of people's prayer times, uh, we've talked about this in my discipleship group a lot, get thrown out of whack when you're on vacation because you're you know stuck with your family in a car. You're, you know, it, it, you, maybe more prayer is needed sometimes for, for good relationships to continue. But I find vacations because of long road trips be very peaceful and a good time. Uh, now, of course, I don't have kids, and young kids in the car. So Rowena's like, yeah, you know, it's a good time to 
pray a lot. Um, Also, back when, so obviously as Catholics, we are at the bare minimum asked to go to Mass on Sundays once a week, right? Mm -hmm. Um, In the Protestant churches, while a good Christian would go to a church every Sunday, it was very, very, very common for all of my friends growing up um, to not go to church on vacation to not because it was too much effort to try to find you know with the protestant church as fractured as it is you know into many different denominations trying to find one that's near um and i just remember a witness of my parents is that we would go to branson missouri for vacation and they the area is very assembly of god and mormon it wasn't exactly our (laughs) our denominations they found one that was you know close enough and it was like an hour away in springfield or an hour and a half away and so sunday morning we would get up and drive to this tiny little church in Springfield, Missouri. And I just remember the pastor afterwards being like, where are you all from? You know, are you, you know, uh, moved to the area? And we're like, no, we're from Texas. We just came for church while we're vacationing in Branson. And he could not believe that we had driven an hour and a half to go to. Now, we're very fortunate as Catholics. There's ca- usually a Catholic church. Wherever you go, masstimes.org is your best friend. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Masstimes.org. That's best so good. Friend. But I would say something along the lines of planning your vacation around where you're going to be going to mass, like have that in your plan. Yeah. yeah. Like for instance, so we're the family that if, if our vacation, if we're on a road trip, if it falls on a Sunday, mm-hmm. we, no matter what, we are going, going to, to mass. mass. <laughs> That's and the beauty of our faith is it's universal. It is, it's universal. Yeah. And, and it's great. It's like movie times. Most parishes offer multiple mass times. Mm-hmm. So you can make it a point to attend. But for us, something as simple as if we're renting like a, can I, Promote vacation rental by owner VRBO. Is it Verbo VR? I have no Airbnb. idea. Like if you're yeah. renting a house property, what I've done is I like within a you know less than ten minute driving radius. I wherever there's a Catholic church in the area, I'll book our property. Mm-hmm. So then it's like even more of a reason to have it conveniently just right. right there. But there's something. I mean, it's 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 great to to make. visiting a parish as a vacation or as a tourist, making that a priority for your family and for your kids. There's something really um, eerily satisfying, I find, about acting like one of the locals Mm. in like a destination. And you're like, you feel like you're one of the parishioners or, you know, sometimes some of the head pastors will say, who here is visiting? And, you know, if you have the courage to stand up, (laughs) it's so welcoming. It's so welcoming. It is. And it's also just cool just to see what a local Catholic community is doing in another area. You're excited to hear about their quilting fair or whatever it may be. And you're like, oh, that's so cool. All right, I'm not going to be here in six months. Okay, well, you know. (laughs) That's one of my favorite things growing up. I remember taking road trips to different cities in Texas, like Amarillo, Abilene, with my aunt and uncle and parents, and we'd visited Catholic parishes. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, wow, that was one of my favorite times. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's like a pilgrimage on it a is, vacation. That's, yeah, you can make your vacations more of a pilgrimage or have pilgrimage aspects to it because totally. a lot of big metropolitan areas across the country will have a beautiful cathedral or basilica. And uh, that's one of my, my sister, especially, she's a big art history buff, so she'll like find out about the church and then we'll go and visit and try to catch a, a mass or an adoration to see if it's open. I remember we went to Mesa, Arizona last summer um, and we were able to get into their cathedral there in Phoenix. Um, and just like kind of slip in and it was really funny because we were a bunch of teenagers and young adults walking in and there was mostly older people in their daily mass. We're like, hi. You're the contrarians. You're we're like, like that's hi, right. We're here, a bunch we're of us rebels. coming we're in with young. our veils. Just like, don't mind us. Look at you. See, there's like an eerie satisfaction yeah. about well, that. Well, it's just, you... it's cool. It's, yes. it, it is cool. It's cool yes. to visit. Kind of disrupt, disrupt yeah. what's normal there. Well, it's, it's on, to some extent, I think it also sometimes rejuvenates, you know, everyone. Sure. So it's, it's a lot of fun. So definitely uh, planning out your 
where you're going to be going to mass if there's an extra uh, church that you can go and visit that has maybe some historical or very And now beautiful. with our cell phones taking over everybody's lives, yeah. you mean, can find out in a click of a button yeah. where the closest yeah, parish is. Yeah. Exactly, Diane. I'm sorry to speak over you. Nobody really has an excuse no, not to doesn't. be able to find a parish. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse. Mm-hmm. It, there's there's so many. So, and again, masstimes.org. We're not sponsored, but you know, <laughs> maybe we should be. No maybe change. you should be. <laughs> but I love mass time. They're my best, uh, best friend, honestly. Um, another thing my family did and I we did I admittedly as a teenager wasn't always my favorite thing because sometimes you're like I just want to listen to my music or I just want to sleep in the car um, but we would try to during the three o'clock hour pray a divine mercy chaplet if we're on the road pray a rosary also just when you're out on the road you see a lot of things I think you see accidents you see maybe you know some things you just you want to pray for and so it opens up a big opportunity to be offering up for prayers for strangers as you're going along too. So. Absolutely. No, I love that. Especially, yeah, like, I mean, when you're traveling, <laughs> when you're traveling by car, I love a good road trip. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that time with my family. But yeah, there are moments where, you know, you you drive and you see the less fortunate on the street. And some we always have road trip snacks. Yes. And what we do is we'll, we'll you know, rather than giving a handout, mm-hmm. like, money Mm -hmm. if we have an extra water water bottle gatorade or like snacks just in the car you you politely hand that you know carefully hand that to maybe if if somebody alongside the street is Mm -hmm. less fortunate than you what an incredible like formation opportunity for your children to see that Mm. you know to absolutely that that nobody is too small to offer help you know Mm. i I don't know i we've we've experienced that and sometimes it's been a little bit sketchy Right, right right but it's you know Always be careful. But yeah, absolutely. Always be careful. But yeah, yeah. No, definitely having homeless packages in your car is not a bad thing. We've my church young adult group has put those together, so we all have them in our car with non-perishable foods. Yes. And, and Sometimes prayer cards, prayer too. cards, mm-hmm. rosaries, um, and uh, during the COVID times, lots of face masks and yeah. blankets and things like that. Very small things so we can fit into a bag. So but yeah, that's like another way to just like be activated. I think in your faith because it just becomes a part of your life. Mm. And I mean, I don't know when you make your faith like conversational, especially if you're sitting confined in a car, mm-hmm. when you make your faith life conversational, it's hard to let your faith go dry, especially absolutely. when you have children. I feel like. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. So also listening to Catholic radio for road tripping through Texas, we have stations all over Texas. It's a great thing to do. Uh, listening to podcasts, CDs, all sorts of things, lighthouse CDs, you know, <laughs> listen to all those talks and stuff like that is, is really great. Um, when you're driving together with the family, I think road trips and any type of trip for family is a great bonding opportunity, especially if you're centering it on faith. So, um, any other last thoughts as far as like keeping summer ground, you know, the summertime, your faith grounded, uh, as we're going into the next couple of months, it's going to be over before you know it. And it's a great opportunity where some things we might, our schedules might be lighter on some things. It might be heavier on other things. And it's kind of just like with our church calendar, it's an adjustment with how we practice our faith. And it, you know, I would take, advantage of confession mm. i'm thinking you know since people are on vacation the confession <laughs> lines might be a little shorter yeah that's a good point mm, absolutely no yeah definitely doing all doing adoration maybe daily mass and confession i think i know i personally struggle with always for beyond the sunday mass uh scheduling 
everything else around adoration and confession and mass and not the other way around and scheduling. You know, it's like, can I fit a mass in here? (laughs) And it's like, well, maybe I should have worked it out. I know when mass is. I know when adoration is. And, you know, so... Those are just some of our thoughts. Hopefully, um, it inspired you. I obviously I don't have kids, so, and I struggle a lot. So, <laughs> I you know, prayers to all the parents who are going through the summer and doing everything um, for your kids and helping them keep their faith alive. I'm sure it'll be very great. Thank you so much, Rowena, for joining us, and Diane Thank for you. adding in your um, comments as well. We are going to be going to a short break, and afterwards, we're going to have our pre-recorded interview that we did with Father Ad- Adam and Father Desmond, two of the newly ordained priests for the Diocese of Dallas. And uh, I hope you really enjoy this interview. They are both great. Had some really beautiful things to say about you know the day of their ordination and the nerves and some of their funny vocation stories. Um, I think you'll really enjoy it. So uh, thank you so much for listening to The Good News Show. Dave will be on vacation still next week, so it'll be another Diane and Sissel show, another Girl Power show. Um, but until then, enjoy this interview. On June 22nd, the Feast of Saints Thomas More and John Fisher and the USCCB celebrate Religious Freedom Week. To mark Religious Freedom Week, St. Joseph Catholic Church in Richardson is hosting a patriotic rosary, a powerful prayer for divine protection and mercy for our nation and its rebirth. On Saturday, July 3rd at 9.30 a.m. following the 9 a.m. Mass, they will come together in prayer and song to thank God for the blessings he has bestowed on our country and to honor our servicemen and women, our veterans, and our first responders at home. For more information, call 972-672-6633. Did you know that the Knights of Columbus donated over $175 million to charity and volunteered over 75 million hours last year? They accomplished this with almost 2 million members. And with you joining the Knights of Columbus, we can give you an outlet to get involved. This is merely an opportunity, not an obligation, and your level of involvement will be completely up to you and your family. Join online today at www.knights.net. That's www.knights.net. So when is the last time you were able to go to a big Catholic event, spend quality time with your friends, sipping on a glass of wine, eating some tasty hors d'oeuvres, hearing an outstanding presentation? I know for most of us, it has been a while. Well, get ready because our 2021 Summer Speaker Series event is going to be a perfect opportunity to get back out and celebrate with guest speaker Father John Ricardo at the Grand Ballroom of the Irving Convention Center, Thursday evening, August 5th. Please join us. Get your tickets at summerspeakerseries.com. Do you want a faith-filled Catholic community where your child will thrive? Discover Immaculate Conception Catholic School in Denton, where your child will receive the very best spiritual foundation, along with excellence in education. ICCS serves 250 students ages 3 through 8th grade. Whether it's living the rosary, the celebration of the Mass, or the formation of saints, scholars, musicians, and athletes, Our Lady School is the place to be. For more information, call 940-381-1155 to arrange a tour or visit catholicschooldenton.org. Welcome back to the Good News Show here on this beautiful Monday afternoon. And as Cecil mentioned earlier, uh, I am not here <laughs> today. I am on vacation. I'm probably out on the beach in Florida somewhere, Dave Palmer. Uh, but uh, as Cecil, I think, probably already mentioned earlier in the show, uh, we have pre-recorded an interview which we're very excited to present. Cecil's here in the studio. How are you doing, Cecil? I'm, I'm doing well. I actually told everyone that you're bilocating. <laughs> so. Okay. so uh, thanks to Annette Gonzalez-Taylor, the Director of Communications, who I've been uh, talking with the last uh, couple of weeks. 
And we really were very excited to introduce everybody in the radio to some of the newly ordained priests in the Dallas Diocese. You remember a couple of weeks ago, we uh, spoke to a couple of the newly ordained priests from Fort Worth. And so we have two of the new and uh, you know, priests in the Dallas Diocese, and we're delighted during this uh, half hour or so to introduce you to Father Adam Mushalak, uh, who has been appointed Procure Vicar of St. Patrick's Parish in Dallas. Uh, that's where I went to, uh, to school and graduated and have fond memories of. So, Father Adam, thanks for being here. Good to see you. Hello. And uh, Father's from Poland, and so we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. And also, Father Desmond Nidikum. Uh, who has been appointed Procure Vicar at St. Michael the Archangel Parish in McKinney and also Holy Family Quasi Parish. He's going to have to explain what a quasi parish in, is in Van Alstine. And so, uh, Father Desmond, thanks for being here uh, and taking some time with us today. Thank you very much, Dave. Thank you for having us. All right. So we're just going to kind of have a fun conversation. And Cecil, you, hey, this is your show. I'm just kind of <laughs> hijacking it. So you jump in as you want or get the hook and get me out of here. But uh, let me just start off. I guess from the beginning, and uh, it's interesting because the, the ordination class of uh, June 5th for the Dallas Diocese had six men ordained to the priesthood, and they were all foreign-born, which I don't know if that's ever happened before, but it's interesting. Uh, Father Adam, I mentioned you're from Poland. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your story uh, growing up in, in Poland and your life and wh- wh- how you came to America? Um, so, yeah, I was born in Poland <clears throat> in 1986. Um, so, um, I started, Poland was still under communism at that time, but to be honest, I don't really remember that time. Um, I grew up in Poland and, uh, uh, when I was 12, um, I listened to the catechesis of the new catechumenal way over there in my city, in my parish. And through that, I was also, um, introduced, um, to World Youth Days. And um, World Youth Days, my very first one was actually in Rome 2000. Uh, then I skipped one, the one that was in Toronto, and then I continued. I didn't miss any of them since then. So it was 2005 in Germany, uh, 2008 in Sydney, Australia, um, 2011 Madrid, 2013 Brazil, uh, 2016 in Poland, going back <laughs> to my country. Mm. And, um, and then it was, I believe it was 2018 or 19 in Panama. Wow. You've been uh, almost all, all of them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And all of them were always helping me to discover also my vocation. Um, you mentioned catechumenal, catechumenal way. Neo-catechumenal and, yeah, neo catechumenal way. And Father Alan McDonald has been here many times and I'm somewhat, yes. I'm familiar with it, but I'm guessing a lot of our listeners are not. Can you kind of explain briefly what that is and how that, uh, kind of intersects with your, uh, vocation and your seminary training? So, um, it's, um, the most, the simplest definition, I guess, if we can even speak about any definition or, you know, to understand as a post Baptismal catechumenate. So, you know, many times what happened to us that we're, we're baptized as children and our parents, they promise to pass the faith, which too many times doesn't happen. So in that sense, it also, you know, this new catechumenate way, it helps to, um, rediscover the richness, the treasure of this, of the sacrament of baptism and to, that leads, you know, um, to, uh, adult faith. Um, by listening to the word uh, of God, word celebrations in a small community, and um, having the Eucharist, living together. 
Yeah. And I know that there's a lottery system, which I have always found fascinating. And, uh, uh, Father Desmond, are you with the neocatechumenal way or no? Uh, oh, no, no. Oh, okay. So, uh, I'll just explain what I understand it to be. And I don't know, so you probably have heard of this too. Is what I understand is everybody gets together. I guess you were in Poland and they do, they have one basket where it's all the, uh, you know, future, sem- the, the seminarians. And then there's one basket with all these locations all across the world. They draw a name, they draw a place. That's where you go. So and, I, actually, is that right? Yeah. So, um, you know, especially after the word you vase, there is a, usually there is a vocation call. There is the announcement of the kerygma of the good news, um, with a, with a scripture. And then there is a calling that if somebody of those who are in the meeting, there is always many, many bishops from all over the world. And, um, <clears throat> and, you know, in, and there is a calling, a moment of silence in prayer. And then if somebody feels called to, to, to priesthood first, then also for, for girls to, to enter convent. Um, they get up, they come to the stage, they receive a special prayer uh, from the bishops and um, also as a, as a support in, in the fights for the vocation. So this is how basically, you know, this is the beginning, I would say, whenever whenever you get up. And, uh, and um, so then, uh, as you were saying, of course, we, you know, um, th- those candidates, they go through some sort of scrutinies and talking to the spiritual, spiritual director. And then they may be sent to Porto San Giorgio, which is a, um, a village in uh, a town in in uh, in Italy, and um, and over there, you know, again they get scrutinized, and um, if they if they um, they say that they are willing, this is this is the only ticket, basically, as they always say, the ticket to get to Redemptorist Mother Seminary, which is the seminary mm-hmm. that I, I've been to. Um, this uh, as to be ready to be sent anywhere. Yeah. Wow. So there are candidates from all over the world gathered together. Usually, it's a number of about three hundred candidates from all over the world, and that means really from all over yeah. the world. Yeah. And um, by the end of that retreat, um, there is, a, as you were mentioning, there is a basket with the names of all the candidates, and there is a basket with the names of the seminaries. So they pull out, for example, my name, Adam Mushelak, and they say Dallas, Texas. You know, like you won the lottery, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I, to be honest, what was your I first thought? Know, I didn't know anything about Dallas. <laughs> really? Nothing, you never saw the TV not show? Even, oh, no, not <laughs> that is not a good representation of Dallas. <laughs> not even the TV show. Nothing, you never heard of the Dallas Cowboys? I mean, no. I'm, I'm using all the secular uh, no, examples. The thing, no, the thing is that in Poland, we're not so much into football. Yeah. <laughs> American football. Right. You, so, you kick balls around, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Soccer. <laughs> well, uh, let, let's let's leave uh, your story there. And I know there's so much more. And I hope uh, I, I as I as I kind of delve into your stories, it makes me wish I had two hours with each of you. Uh, but with the time constraint, uh, I appreciate that information. And let's bring Father Desmond in, who has a very different story. Grows up in Africa in the, in the country of Cameroon. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about your upbringing and what led you into seminary and to America? Well, thank you, Dave. Um, so I was born in uh, in Cameroon. I was born in Cameroon, uh, uh, in the town of Boya, by the mountain. I, my family is pretty Catholic, uh, but uh, uh, my dad is Presbyterian. Okay. Oh. Still and, is. Well, yeah. he still is Presbyterian. Yeah. Uh, and so I went to Catholic schools, um, you know, I said I always. I always thought I was either going to be a priest or a lawyer. 
<laughs> Those are two very different things. You can be things. a canon lawyer, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so it was just it was just always something. And I remember one of the times I started really thinking about it seriously uh, was that uh, when I had to do my first confession. Mm-hmm. And I went to a Catholic boarding school. Uh-huh. So and I could not figure out for the life of me what I was supposed to confess. <laughs> so I wish like, I had my, that problem. T- my time came up and I went in and I said, Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. So before I went into that confession, I had just take, taken a quick look at the Bible and looked at the Ten Commandments and just picked a few things from there that I was going to say <laughs> that I had, I had violated. <laughs> oh no. So I went in and I said, Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Yeah, it's my first confession, and I said, uh, well, Father, I have committed the sin of adultery. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how old were you? Oh, goodness, I was about 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that priest was probably <laughs> He said, do you, uh, adultery? I said, yes. He said, do you know what adultery is? I said, well, the Bible said we shouldn't do it, and I certainly did it. <laughs> oh, no. So when he explained to me what adultery was, no, he asked, well, who did you do? Who did you commit adultery with? And I'm thinking to myself, am I supposed to commit adultery with somebody? <laughs> and I said, well, I did it by myself. <laughs> and he said, are you sure? I said, yes. And I was very convinced that I had committed whatever adultery was that I had done. It. Oh my God. And so he said, he, when he explained to me what adultery was, I was like, oh no, I didn't do that. <laughs> so, oh man. But that was real, first really uh, intimate encounter. Uh, just the priest, the, the patients trying to help me understand what it is I was confessing. And I just, I just, curiosity, okay, what, what is, what is a priest? What does he really do? I mean, we just used to seeing priests on the altar, but this one-on-one interaction. Yeah. Uh, just planted this thing in my head. I always wanted to be a lawyer, but from this moment on, I started considering a priesthood. And some of my, my middle school classmates who came to my ordination reminded me, that uh, I, I started using uh, cookies and, and, and Coke and, and to celebrate mass on my desk in school. As, uh, oh, really? Uh, yeah, cool. So you're having a little, a little. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, so they were making a joke about yeah. it to yeah. say, you know, we were laughing at you back then and all of a sudden now <laughs> you are actually celebrating mass. Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah, so that is what really uh, had me on, uh, on, on vocation thing. And, uh, and so just followed up with it then. My mother, uh, uh, my mother passed away in 2009, was it nine? Yes. Uh, and then just, she, she had breast cancer and shortly before she died, she asked her, her sister who lives here in Plano to, to take me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to kind of, uh, kind of like a way to, uh, to, where, you know, a feeling for her like that she could, she could go knowing that I, I got, I had a good support system in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so shortly after she died, I moved to the United States. And uh, went to the University of the Incarnate Word in San Antonio, where I finished and went into seminary. Uh, pam, pam. Yeah, yeah. So you, <laughs> you, you knew right away when you got to the U.S. that this was your, your oh, calling. No, no I mean. Um, you, you, okay, you were just a regular student in Incarnate yeah, Word? Yeah, we in Incarnate Word. Seminary. Okay. Yes, and, okay. I, and I remember Father, Father Edwin Leonard. Yeah, uh, the the vocations director and about to be pastor of my home parish, Saint Anne's. Yes, uh, I remember he and I talking, and he was like, "Oh, you should just do it, just do it." <laughs> you know, Come on, can you? When can you start? And this is the summer where I was thinking about going to law school. Yeah. Uh, I already was having my applications ready and everything, and he, I mean, he had a way of talking me into the whole thing. And before I knew it, I was uh, at Notre Dame Seminary in New Orleans. Wow, interesting. All right. Uh, Father Adam, so you get assigned to Dallas. 
and tell us about seminary life at uh, Redemptorist Mater Seminary because it's it's uh, pretty much all international students, right? So you're there, the Polish guy, all kinds of different ones. What was what was seminary training like for you? Well, first first thing that I can say it's as as you're saying that we're international, so we're coming from different countries. You know, for you mentioned Father Allen. <laughs> yes. You know, he was one of my first roommates when, <laughs> oh, really? when oh, I right? got to the seminary in 2010. So, you know, uh, a British, there was an, uh, there was a person from India, there was a person from Croatia, Spain, Costa Rica, Mexico, all from all over the world, Italy. So it was really, really, really international. And, um, and to be honest, you know, something that really surprised me that, you know, we're coming from, from different parts of the world, different cultures and different, you know, customs and so on. But, you know, I mean, truly what, what I think that, you know, um, united us, you know, in this, in this, in this time was really, it was really, we could say only Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. <laughs> there was no, no, no other reason, you know, culture yeah. reason or anything like that, you know, and we were very different, also different temp, you know, characters and so on. <clears throat> and many times, you know, also we got into, uh, some, you know, um, disagreements, arguments or whatever, you know, all these kind of things. But also, you know, in the end, what was bringing us together was again reconciliation through Jesus Christ, you know. Yeah. So that was, that was something amazing. And, um, and, um, anyway, and the life in the seminary, you know, we would always start the morning with, a. Uh, morning prayer, mm, the Eucharist and um, breakfast. Then we would go to the university. And to study, eat lunch over there, then come back, uh, studying. We had some time for studying and then, you know, evening prayer and so on, you know. So, but then, you know, something a little bit maybe different that, you know, on Fridays, for example, we'll do the scrutatio. We call it like that, which is, um, as of I see, I discovered also already being a deacon in a parish last year. That was very helpful, um, which is, you know, we just take Jerusalem Bible, the New Jerusalem Bible, and we read the gospel from, from Sunday, and then we scrutinize it, because Jerusalem Bible, the New Jerusalem Bible has parallels, mm-hmm. so we just go from parallels. But again, we take it, you know, as a personal dialogue with the Lord, not something that, you know, like intellectual discoveries or anything like that. But, you know, what is the Lord telling you in this particular word, you know? Yeah. Um, and we do it in silence, each one of us uh, with his Bible and notes. And uh, and I found it, for example, you know, very helpful. And then we can we also share our experiences from this time for about two hours or so, you know, scrutinizing in silence. Then we share our experiences, and I found it very, very, very helpful, actually, you know, in um, in the way of preparation, the homilies. Yeah. So last year in St. Joseph, when I was uh, deacon over there, and I believe this is also my my help also for for St. Patrick's, and um, because I think that the word first of all has to touch me, and then I can transmit it, you know, mm-hmm. to others. So this is something that is as a big treasure um, that I have received also from the seminary. Uh, then Saturdays we would usually do. The experience of ora et labora. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, work and work and prayer. So different, different things around the house and different works and, and in prayer. Interesting. And Father Desmond, you were in, uh, New Orleans, right? Yes. And so you, yeah. you, you're at Incarnate Word 
and then you get switched to Louisiana, and always a uh, a, a seminarian for the Dallas Diocese the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though, yes, did you yes. ever go to Holy Trinity, or, no. or you never did? Okay, no. so yeah, it's funny. It's funny how I ended up in New Orleans. The, that match, uh, spring break, my senior year in college, <clears throat> uh, some of my friends and I we. Went to uh, uh, PCB, PCB, Pensacola Beach. Mm. Oh, is that uh, right? Uh, 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 for for spring break. Yeah. And and driving first, we went to Orlando. So, but driving through, that was my very first time in New Orleans, and we got there about eleven p.m. at night from San Antonio. That's uh, about a nine-hour drive. So we stopped to have something to eat, and I remember we stopped in the French Quarter, and I uh, we had this very rude experience with with some. Uh, somebody at a restaurant and, and I remember saying oh, this smells that I will not leave here for all the gold in China <laughs> <laughs> this is much <laughs> and I go and I leave I go back we go back we go, go on our way and then I'm having that conversation in July with Father Edwin and he says to me well I'm so excited you're coming to the seminary and uh you, the Bishop Farrell, then Bishop Farrell, has decided that you are going to go to seminary at Notre Dame Seminary in New Orleans. <laughs> and I said to myself, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, I came back, came back to bite you. Didn't I know, you? Right? Yeah. God has a sense of humor. I'm telling right. you. Did you ever go back to that same place? No, no. <laughs> and so we went to, went to New Orleans. I arrived at the seminary on, I still remember, August 16th. Uh, and it was just... Uh, it was surreal, you know, just realizing uh, I, I had a, I, it, it change in the life from what I had been used to in college to now this new life, being in, being in seminary. And the thing about Notre Dame Seminary is it has uh, probably, I think, the best formation faculty mm. of any seminary. Yeah. Right? Uh, the rector, and, and, and Bishop Burns is always happy to remind us about this, that the rector at my seminary is a priest from Pittsburgh. Okay. That, that's where Bishop Burns <laughs> yeah, is from. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. He's a priest from Pittsburgh. Those geniuses come from Pittsburgh, don't they? <laughs> well, that's, that's what the bishop was saying. As his priest, I have to agree. <laughs> and, and so uh, the, the priest is a very good formation faculty in such a way that it gets you engaged. Yeah. And, and it challenges you humanly, spiritually, intellectually, and pastorally. Yes. Right? Challenges you to go out of your own comfort zone. And really to engage. And one of, one of the things I did my first year in seminary was street ministry. You know, yeah. walking down the French Quarter and talking to homeless people. And they begin to realize that not everybody who is homeless is actually homeless. Yeah. That some of them are travelers. Right. You know, who just travel from city to city and live in the streets. You know, and then you get the experience of people trying to sell you pot or proposition you in the, in the streets of the French Quarter. Yeah. You know, uh, that's ministry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was that was really that's something that's still very memorable for me from my seminary days. Right, interesting. Well, I, I sure I sure wish we had more time because you you are really both so interesting and such such fascinating stories. Let me let me uh, fast forward to uh, June fifth and uh, <laughs> that day where it must have been interesting because uh, Father Adam did family come in from Poland or what was that like? I, I remember when in, interviewing the priest from Fort Worth and the only thing I can compare it to is my the day I got married and how exciting that was. I got married in, in Ireland. So uh, what, what was it like uh, for you? I know that's a very broad question, but uh, tell us about your experience of, you know, walking in a deacon and walking out a priest <laughs> that day uh, on June 5th. I remember somebody asked me, do you have butterflies in your stomach <laughs> that day? 
well, I have thousands of fireflies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I felt. I mean, it was very stressful first, and um, uh, I remember that. Yeah, it was. Are you sure? Are you sure? Is it where, where are you going with all of that? And, uh, <laughs> is it? Is this forever? This is like you know. And then you see like people making posters for for some other priest, not for me, but like you are a priest forever. It's like. Wow, forever. forever. <laughs> like, like, it's just, you know, like echo, yeah. you know, bouncing in my head. And <clears throat> anyway, but, um, but I saw also, you know, something that it was a consolation for me that the Lord also was confirming, not only before the seminary, but also throughout the seminary all these years. And, um, and that was something that, you know, uh, I treasured in my in my heart very much, you know, through concrete concrete events, um, that the Lord was confirming with His grace that even though I saw many times my poverty to see my my you know unfittingness and so on, I saw that the Lord was confirming that He's the one who is leading the vocation. This is His vocation, not mine. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, I saw I saw that you know, like it gave me a courage also, you know, to enter into this in this mass of the ordination, and uh, like that. I was very happy that my mom and my nephew nephew actually made it you mm. know coming from Poland the only problem I mean the only a big problem was that um, you cannot fly directly from Poland to United States because Poland is in Schengen zone so um, what happened is that they had to fly through Mexico oh, wow. and stay for two weeks in oh. Mexico before entering the United is States. Is that a COVID thing? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, like yes, yes. Quarantine or something. So that won't kind always of. be that way, but that's just the way it was for them. I'm right? not really sure in what way Mexico situation in Mexico was better than in Poland, why they couldn't fly. Yeah. But anyway, that was the, so that was what stopped many people also from coming from Poland. My other members of my other family members or my friends and uh, brothers from my community in Poland also because, you know, those that I started the new catechumenal way with. Yeah. That was actually only one sister. She also came and she also stayed in, in, in Mexico and uh, from my community. And um, I was also very glad. So most of my guests were actually from here, from the United States. Uh yeah. Were they all tuning in on virtually though, your fam the rest of your family? And of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I got right away, you know, right after the mass, you know, thousands of text messages, <laughs> emails and so on. And, that must oh, have been. we're watching it. Yeah. That's Congratulations awesome. yeah. and so on. So yeah. That's awesome. So Father Desmond, can you answer the same question? Did your Presbyterian father come in from uh, Cameroon to to be oh, with you no, or our relatives? Da- my, my dad could not make it. Uh, the U.S. Embassy in Cameroon was not, it's, we're not issuing appointments until August. Yeah. Uh, but my, um, lots of my family is from around the, the United States and yeah, from overseas were able to come. Uh, so it was, it was good having all of them there. Uh, you know, but I, I, I echo what Adam, uh, Father Adam said about, uh, that morning of ordination. Uh, and I remember <clears throat> as I was vesting and I, I was, a nervous wreck, right? Because all of a sudden I had this feeling of unworthiness. Yeah. And asking, oh my goodness, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> you know, I, am, I, am I able, am I worthy to, yeah. to do this? You know, because all of a sudden it, becomes, it begins to become very real what you are going into, right? And, and, and then you realize your own smallness. Yeah. And I remember... Uh, that morning I talked, I had one of my friends from a priest from Baton Rouge who was here with me and that day, you know, here and I talked that morning and then one of our other friends who is an Augustinian priest in, in, up in New York, 
you know, he and I thought, he sent me a message, which I'll share with you. He says, he says, you know, Desmond, none of us, none of us are worthy, but one human being, Christ, makes us worthy. No, none of us are worthy, not one human being. Christ makes us worthy, and in our humility or humiliation, we mirror his light in the world. He is pure love and mercy as we fully experience the enormity of that gift to us, the gift of the priesthood to us, we are compelled to offer it to those for whom we serve. Mm. And then he reminded me of Romans 30, you know, uh, to the, and those he predestined, he also called, and those he called, he justified, and those he justified, he intend glorified, yeah. Yeah. right? So he shared those words with me, and that's what kind of calmed me down that morning. And then I, I don't remember anything else that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I don't remember. Kind of go into autopilot right. and just kind of go with it, right? I, yeah. A friend of mine, I said, I didn't see you at the ordination. He says, yes, I was there. I said, <laughs> he showed me a picture. I was like, oh, okay, yes, that's right. <laughs> you know, so it yeah. was, uh, it's surreal. Yeah, yeah, it was a very so, surreal, surreal Yeah, Kind of like an out-of-body experience. That's I, um, let me just remind everybody, this is uh, Cecil's Good News Show today <laughs> that I've hijacked. And uh, we're glad, so so delighted to be uh, introducing you to Father uh, Desmond Nidikum, who has been appointed parochial vicar at St. Michael the Archangel Parish in McKinney and also Holy Family Quasi Parish in Van Alstine. And also Father Adam Mushalek, uh, who has been appointed parochial vicar at St. Patrick's in Dallas. And unfortunately, I only have really time for one more question. I've got 20, and Cecil probably has 20 more that we could ask you. Now, that's why we want you all to come back. But as far as your assignments and um, that it's, it's almost like Father Adam where you go where you've been asked to go. And so St. Patrick's in Dallas. So what do you know about the parish? Um, I know Father Joseph Momerkonig was a longtime pastor and he's recently been replaced or what are your hopes and aspirations of your, your time at St. Patrick's and what kind of a priest do you want to be there? Well, first, I was very happy whenever the bishop, after the ordination mass, um, called each one of us separately, one by one, and, and told us about our assignments. <clears throat> I was very happy, actually, to go to St. Pat's. I, I've heard, I mean, I knew many of the parishioners in St. Patrick's uh, before I had, uh, for one reason that, you know, our vice rector first assignment, the very first ordained priest, his very first assignment was St. Patrick's also. And, and then also we went a few times, uh, to St. Patrick's with our Christmas concerts. So I also, <laughs> and I was actually the one organizing everything. So now I had mm. to, I had to speak to, I knew Father Joseph very well. I knew some of the staff as well and many of the parish members. So so I was very happy to be sent to St. St. Patrick's. Um, I'm look, I'm very, you know, like, I guess, you know, it's like all the <laughs> sorts of emotions on one hand, you know, like, oh, wow, what's going to happen? You know, how is it to be, uh, to be a parochial vicar? You know, it is different than, it is different than, you know, to be a deacon, for example, in the parish mm-hmm. that was last year. And, um, so I have no idea how is it going to be. I do not really have any idea of the parish, you know, like what is exactly, you know, like um, I'm, I'm going to learn all these things. And um, I tried also, you know, before before the bishop, you know, he gave us the assignments. I was thinking like, I don't want to have any expectations. I don't want to think of any place because I don't want to be disappointed or anything like that. Yeah. So I'm also coming with the same attitude, you know, to St. Patrick's. I don't know. I 
I want to learn. I want to see what are the needs um, um, to meet the, the parishioners, to be available for them. Um, the only thing that I overheard that Father Charles already mentioned to me that uh, one of the things that he would like me to take care of is the youth. Oh, so wonderful. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, well, with all those World Youth Days under your belt, uh, <laughs> yeah. you should be a shoe Lots of youthfulness right. going on. I, I was thinking uh, there's a school at St. Patrick's. In fact, I graduated there, as I mentioned. I don't think St. Michael's has a school, but with the story you told no. Father Desmond about your uh, your, your confession, I, I, you got to tell that story to some students at some point because they would get such a kick out of it. Yeah. Uh, so the same question as far as you going up to the great north in McKinney and you know starting as a Procure Vicar at that parish. Yeah. Uh, uh, and they just, I think, lost Father, yeah, Father Edwin, right? Yeah. He's going to St. Anne's. And uh, so what, what are... What what are your uh, thoughts yeah, about your I, new assignment? I was very excited when I when I when I found out I was going to St. Michael's. Uh, it's close. It's it's very close. It's close to my family. So oh, that's <laughs> my true. family lives in Plano, and I used to be at St. Cecilia. So it would take me about forty minutes to drive from St. Cecilia all the way to Plano to see my family. Yeah, and now I'm about a twenty minute, fifteen twenty minute drive. Yeah, uh, got from, closer from, from my family. So that's I'm excited about that. But uh, going to St. Michael for me, I have just three things.